Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. have come to Torino for the ATP Finals as we welcome you to TC Live, your post-game show to wrap up all the action from day one in Italy and get you caught up on everything in the world of tennis, new King Cup champs, a next-gen winner, and much, much more. Welcome into our studios in Santa Monica, California, Steve Weissman, and I've got the Hall of Famers, Jim Courier to my left, Andy Roddick behind me on the big screen. Hey there, Andy. A <laughs> couple of guys who have made multiple year-end championships. Jim, it's a long season. What did it mean to you to get to the year-end final? Oh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Something that, as a as a fan growing up, you watch this event and you kind of marvel. Oh, my gosh, these are the best eight players in the world round robin. It's so cool. Then you, you see the way it's staged these days. It's so beautifully done, and it's really important. It's a big, big title, and it's a big way to finish your year, no doubt. How about you, Andy? Yeah, it was always validation for a kind of a job well done uh, for the year. I think, uh, you know, I, I was watching Rafa play this match and the number one ranking is on the line, but I, I was someone who struggled uh, in, in this tournament at the end of the year. I was already kind of thinking about Australia, thinking about uh, what I needed to do to be ready, be fit there. And, you know, you, you, at this point in his career, you know, you value this versus a grand slam and you can kind of see Rafa, the ultimate professional, the ultimate competitor, but you just felt like he was trying to get going. And sometimes it's a struggle late in the year. Rafa's qualified 17 times for the Torrent Championships, taking on Taylor Fritz, making his debut. This was a lifelong dream for Fritz. Got in when Carlos Alcaraz pulled out with an injury. Third meeting between these guys this year. Jim, they split the previous two. Yeah, they sure did. So uh, Fritz knew that he had the, abil the ability to beat Nadal, and he also knew Nadal was struggling a little bit for form and confidence. But Taylor Fritz took nothing for granted, but he took everything he could. Whenever he had the chance to rip the ball, he did. And he made this very awkward for Rafa Nadal. Nadal, so good at breaking serve, better than anyone in the history of men's tennis, got zero break points in this match. He did everything he could. He tried to problem solve, did Rafa Nadal. That was a brilliant backhand spinner. That would be the highlight for him in the first set in the breaker. Fritz finds the forehand on set point, but Nadal opened with the double fault. That really set the table. And in the second set, Nadal tries to make a charge early, can't quite get on the board. That was the closest he came to break points there, 15-30. Fritz covered it, and then Fritz thumping the forehand would take everything from there, would not lose another game. How about Taylor Fritz winning 60% of Nadal's points when Nadal hits a second serve, and Taylor Fritz only losing four of 18 points on his own second serve. What that tells you, he dominated the baseline exchanges. Nadal left scratching his head looking for answers. Fritz, confident. Confident and talking to Prakash after the match. A little bit nervous, maybe the first game or two, but uh, I've had a long week practicing here. I'm feeling good and playing rough. I, I really have nothing to lose. I know that I don't have to play my best tennis, so there's no reason to kind of you know, come out tight, come out 
not trying to hit my shots. Taylor Fritz trying to become the first American to win this title since Pete Sampras in 1999. Taking a look at the match stats. Jim, what stands out to you? Look, I want you to look at the bottom left. 28 unforced errors from Rafa Nadal and understand that Taylor Fritz caused most of those by his aggression. Nadal felt the need to pull the trigger because he was getting bossed around the court. And Fritz, as aggressive as he was, 22 winners against 15 unforced errors and the first serve points. He was dominant, and you don't see Nadal really kind of lose his way as much as, as we did in the second set very often. Rafa has never won this title. Fritz, and he gets his second win against Nadal this year. What impressed you the most about Taylor Fritz? Yeah, and, and listen, this is a matchup that, that Rafa doesn't like much, right? He has a hard time getting the ball up and away on, on, on Taylor. Uh, obviously, the, the surface has, has a lot to do with it, as Jim mentioned, uh, during the actual broadcast. But... If you're Taylor Fritz, execution is really hard, but the game plan is pretty straightforward. Anytime you have two feet under you, you take an absolute rip, and he has enough power to kind of bully the corners. Rafa, again, having a hard time off of Taylor's pace. Taylor is a ball striker. When he gets that first hit, and it comes through the court quick. Rafa was having a hard time switching his directions. Therefore, Taylor was getting one, two, three balls in a row in the same spot, and when that happens, it's curtains more often than not. As Andy mentioned earlier, Rafa still has a chance to get to number one in the world. He needs to win the title here, something he's never done before, yeah. Jim. He's got Felix Ojealiasim next. W what is it about this event that may has made Rafa struggle? I think, well, first of all, into the season, oftentimes he he's qualified and not even played. I think six times he's qualified and not made it to the starting line. So start with that. Second piece of the puzzle, the low bounce. That, that's really the big struggle for Nadal. He likes to get the ball, his forehand zipping up high into his opponent's backhands. That was going straight into the strike zone of Taylor Fritz today, who has a really great two-handed backhand. And that's something that you really need to counteract Rafa. So I think just it all lines up to be a difficult one for Rafa. Historically, indoors is where he's performed his least best. You'd, all of us would probably <laughs> yeah. still take his results indoors, but, you know, we're grading on the Rafa curve, and that's a big one. It, it certainly is. So a potential must-win for him coming up in the next match, and the next match was the first singles match of the day. We've got Felix Ojealiasin making his ATP Finals debut against Casper Ruud. Andy, FAA, came in with the most hardcourt and indoor wins this year, but he got a rude welcome. Yeah, I like what you did there. Uh, you know, listen, I, Rude, I, I got to – he's been messing me up all year, Steve, because I think FAA's got the momentum, right? He's got the indoor. And I end up, like, thinking someone else is the favorite, and Casper just comes out and wins matches time after time. He does have the Rafa thing where if he gets control of the point – with his forehand, as we'll see over and over and over, it's hard to get out of it when he gets his teeth into it, right? A deep return here. You see him pushing Felix back. Felix trying to force one up to the back end. Like Jim said with Fritz, that's a forced error. He had to try to find the back end. Otherwise, Rude gets the forehand, gets a hold of the point, and just doesn't let go. You see the all-court game. Uh, I've admitted to saying I thought he was going to be more of a clay quarter in his career. Man, has he made a lot of progress with that first serve. Did not get broken today. And that forehand on fast surfaces got away from him maybe two, three years ago. Now he's able to control it, get set. And again, when he gets control of it, he normally finishes the point, and it's really hard to get out of it once he's established uh, in that backhand corner, a la our friend sitting right next to you, Steve Weissman. Jim Courier invented that play. Kasparuda is uh, is doing a great job of it. He certainly is. Didn't face a break point in the match, looking to get out of the group stage for the second straight year. 
Felix Jose Aliasim had more winners. He also had the 26 unforced errors. He had 14 aces, but Rude got the only break point. His second serve was clutch, winning nearly 80% of those points. Let's hear from Casper. Before, you know, arriving to this tournament, you know that you'll need to bring your A game to every match you play because otherwise you'll uh, probably have struggles of winning matches and I was able to do that today. I feel like in the last few weeks, months when I was playing well, I was returning much better than I did today. Still serving great, um, apart from one game where it wasn't even my serve, but I, I did a few mistakes, uh, bad mistakes in the second set, but I felt like I could have returned much better um, and give myself chances because I, I, I won a few points on my return and that's not enough against uh, a player like Casper. So I think that was the main thing. Real small margins in this matchup. Jim, what was the difference for Casper Ruud? Second serve points won was massive. Casper Ruud, he won almost 80% of those. So if you're on Team OJ Aliasim, what are you doing today? You're, you're looking at that stat and you're going, what do we need to do differently? And what I saw time and time again on that was not quite enough of convinced aggression the way that Taylor Fritz knew if he had something where he was going to get set, he was going to lay waste to it. Like, that's just a floating return. And then he's not pushing up back towards the baseline. Uh, I just didn't see the, the convincing strategy from Felix. It looked like he was hoping that, that Casper was going to give him something rather than taking it from him. So even if you miss those shots, miss trying to do something with it. Don't just miss a rally ball. So I would I'd be regrouping and saying we're going to come out and we're going to try and be dominant on the second return and the shot after the return and try and force our way in on this because it, it obviously did work out well for him today. That, that is a very good performance from Casper, and Felix can definitely improve. I mean, Casper is the guy who made two major finals this year, got to number two in the world. Andy, on the other side, Felix Ojeal-Azim, most wins he's ever had. He went 16 straight matches at one point, finally got titles four of them this year. Whose year surprised you more, Andy? Uh, I, I think Casper Ruud. I think FAA probably ended where a lot of us thought he would. He just made a late run at it, right? I don't think we expected him to have to sprint through uh, October to earn his place in turn. But Casper uh, Ruud, uh, again, I, I was wrong. I'll raise my hand. Two years ago, if you told me he makes it to the finals of the U.S. Open on a on a in a Grand Slam outside of Roland Garros, I probably would have said no. Uh, the way that he's been able to adapt his game, even last summer, watching him transition from clay to hard after he had won all those tournaments on clay in 2021 was difficult to see, right? It the game just wasn't there. You felt like he was trying to find it every time he went out. Man, has he improved this year. The first serve is three or four miles an hour faster on average. Uh, the backhand, he's able to firm up a little bit more. Doesn't always have to find the height and kind of flip it up in the air. He's able to drive it through, and he, he's learning how to kind of use that shot to, to set the table to try to work around that forehand. Has just made slight improvements in every part of his game, and, man, he's reaping the benefits. So, Casper Ruud, Taylor Fritz starting the group with wins. Take a look at it. Fritz and Ruud leading the way. And both in straight sets, Jim. That's big in this type of round-robin situation. Yeah, because that might matter when it comes down to the tie-break time. If you get to a couple players with two-and-one records, three of them, you, you might have that scenario where sets one matters. So, great start for, for Taylor and for Casper and for FAA and Rafa. They've got to regroup. They'll be facing off against each other. Something's got to give. Someone's going to get confidence in that meeting for sure. But, uh, boy, Taylor Fritz 
into this thing when Alcaraz uh, sneaks out, off with the bang. Take advantage of the opportunity. Still to come on TC Live, we double down in Torino. American Rajiv Ram, the runner-up last year. His quest for the year-end championship started with a wild ride today. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Andy, Jim, and Steve back on TC Live. Tennis Channel celebrates the legendary careers of Serena Williams and Roger Federer with an all-day marathon featuring some of their most memorable matches. Tune in beginning next Monday, November 21st at 6 a.m. Eastern. If you're headed to Torino for the ATP Finals, Fox Weather has you covered. I'm Fox Weather's Amy Freeze for the NITO ATP World Finals in Turin, Italy. Outside the stadium tomorrow, the weather is cool and wet with a shower possible, high 52 degrees. You can download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox Weather from your favorite connected TV device. Thank you, Amy. Doubles action in the red group starting today at the ATP Finals. Marcelo Arevalo and former champ Jean-Julien Roger playing first-timers Lloyd Glasspool and Hari Heliavara, Andy. And Glasgow was yelling the whole time, Steve, and I sure am glad we got that weather report for an indoor tournament. But <laughs> nevertheless, Glasgow was all over the net, and he was making himself absolutely hurt today. This flick of the left hand here, I hope we get, we get the back view, I think, right here. But look at the way. That's the only possible place he could have hit that that wasn't covered uh, by Roger. Uh, you know, so great playing from Glasgow and absolutely loses it. I think he knows someone up there. Steve throws the hat, says, I don't even need you to be successful in this event anymore. And it's not over. It's not over, Steve. He goes out for more and says, I don't need my partner to celebrate more. You stay there. Me. Me, Steve. <laughs> Hook him horns. Lloyd Glasgow, former uh, Texas star. How about the U.S. Open champs? Rajiv Ram, Joe Salisbury playing Marcel Grenelliers and Horatio the bios, the veterans, Jim. Yeah, it's been a great year for Ram Salisbury, and they were in a great position in this match, covering the net. Rajiv Ram from Indiana, getting her done with a nice feel there. This one had one of the more intriguing moments I've seen in doubles in a while. We'll get there in a minute, I'm sure, but the Granollers, Zabayos, veterans not going anywhere. They know what's at stake, and they know how quickly things can change in doubles. Match tiebreak. This one goes down to the wire. 9-8, the floating return. It just wasn't handled. It was a shame to miss it, but Ram and Salisbury had match points in the second set tiebreak, didn't get it, so they had to grind it, but they finally got the outcome thereafter. Fourth straight appearance in the ATP Finals, going for their first title. Still to come, the Billie Jean King Cup Final, coming down to Australia and Switzerland. Who would end up with the cup? We've got all the highlights. Curry Erotic Weissman back on TC Live. We go to Scotland, the namesake in the house, Billie Jean King for the final of her cup between Switzerland, seven-time champ Australia. The Swiss have never won before. They finished runner-up last year. But how about Jill Teichman? 
getting him out to the early lead. 6-3, 4-6, 6-3 over Storm Sanders. So the Aussies are down one. They need a win from Isla Tomjanovic taking on Belinda Bencic. But Jim, when Belinda Bencic is playing for her nation, special things happen. Yeah, you're in real trouble. <laughs> that's, that's the bottom line. The gold medalist knows how to get it done when she's playing with uh, her country on her back. And it was uh, a battle early in this match, but she started to break free at the, the middle part of that first set. Bencic is so good all over the court. And in the second set, it was one apiece, and then it got broken wide open. Bencic is so clever, so handy, and so balanced. And Tom Ganovich just started to try and poke holes into something where there was really no, she was vacuum packed. There were no holes there. So the unforced error count climbed for Isla and more reputational, how would you say it? Glory. Glory. That's what I was looking for. That's what you're Steve Weissman. She's so good, Belinda Benchitz, and so are you. Congratulations to Switzerland. Swiss don't miss. Benchitz leading her nation to the Billie Jean King Cup. It means the absolute world to, to me and to all of us. We wanted to win this title so much and we put so much effort into this and we all made this a priority and we cannot believe that it's actually happened because uh, we worked really hard for this and especially after last year's heartbreak, we we really wanted to win and um, yeah, I'm just so glad that it paid off and, and we just kind of got it. So yeah, I couldn't be more proud of uh, of the whole team. Sweet Swiss redemption, Andy. There's something about playing for your country. It's totally different, right? It is. It's a completely different pressure set. And I, I, I say it rarely keeps you neutral, right? You rarely take what you can do on tour. It normally is better or worse. It's rarely uh, the same. And obviously for Belinda Bencic, uh, she gets way better uh, when, when she sees uh, the flag of Switzerland, when she's playing for her country, the run through to the, the, the gold medal uh, last summer and now kind of running the table here at uh, Billie Jean King Cup. Oh, I mean, what a performance. Just took the racket out of Tamjanovic's uh, hand today. And it's, it's crazy to think that that was the first time Switzerland won with all those teams with Hingish and Schneider. And, and uh, you know, they, they definitely had uh, the, the, the horses before. Um, but great job. And, and, and by the way, Jill Teichman, tough, was cramping late in that third set against Storm Sanders. Really tough that one out and, uh, you know, well-deserved uh, title today for Switzerland. Jim, former Davis Cup captain. Listen, this this is a, a tennis country now. Roger yep. retires. Yep. Eight years ago, they, they won their first world title, Switzerland, the men, and, and now eight years later, it's the ladies. It's nice and balanced, isn't it? Yep. And I think it bodes well for Benchich, too, to come through under that type of pressure. She's got Dmitry Tursunov now coaching her, who I think is a really bright mind. I think they can do good things together. Can she now elevate and take that momentum and take it to a major? Because we, we've long thought she had the ability to possibly win one. Hasn't really got there yet, so maybe this is that little trampoline effect. We'll see. Absolutely. Team USA back in action next April 14th, taking on Austria. Going to be a home match for Team USA captain Kathy Rinaldi and company. What's trending right now? How about congratulations to our next-gen champion here in the U.S., Brandon Nakashima, getting it done in Milan. Andy, 5-0, he gets the title. Yeah, he played rock solid all year. And Brandon Nakashima, maybe the, the one of the younger guys with the American that gets overlooked when we're talking about when we're kind of going through the list. 
but has been rock solid. Has really developed a, a well-rounded game on something fast, indoors, low-bouncing. He played really well at Wimbledon. Almost took Kyrgios out there, but a, a huge week for Nakashima. And uh, Jim mentioned that trampoline effect. Hopefully, it, it, it would apply to, uh, to Brandon as well. Well, historically, Andy, the winner of this championship gets to a semifinal of a major pretty soon thereafter. So uh, we'll be looking forward to, to Brandon, hopefully, joining that club uh, of guys who've used that tournament really to, to catapult their confidence and elevated a major. I mean, he's got a lot of game. He's now got a lot of off-season to work with to get even better, and I'm uh, looking forward to seeing him come January. Sitsipas, Sinner, Alcaraz. I mean, the winners of the next gen become absolute superstars. And speaking of the current world number one, Carlos Alcaraz not playing in Torino because of the ab issue. He's, of course, got that torn oblique, but Jimmy's already working it out. All right, so a couple things here. First of all, always good to uh, to do this when you've got abs that look like this. It does pay to advertise. And <laughs> one thing that I think is really, really cool about Alcaraz is he doesn't hide his admiration for one of his fellow tennis players, Emma Raducanu. He's talking about how one of his goals next year is to play mixed doubles. I'm not sure if that's a euphemism, but I'm telling you, the guy knows how to advertise, doesn't he? <laughs> he, uh, he wished her, by the way, happy birthday, Emma. It's Emma's birthday right. today. And uh, he wished her happy birthday and then, you know, puts out a, a video of his of his core. Yeah, yes, he does. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if, if those are related. The range of motion here looks great. He's shooting a shot. I don't know. It's, it's all good. It's all good. He's number one in the world. I mean, it, Good to be Carlos Alcaraz right now. And by the way, N Nadal's loss today helps Carlitos as well a little bit. So it's either Sitsipas, Nadal, they, they got to win the thing. Otherwise, Carlos, world number one as a teenager. It's incredible. You, is it your dinner from Ian or Ian owes no, you dinner? Uh, Ian owes dinner to me and yes. Andy. And Andy. Both of us. Okay, great. There you go. Eagle. Bring it on. We're go not going to Benihana's, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> this is what we have tomorrow. The other group in action starts 5.30 a.m. Eastern. We're going to talk about these matchups when we come back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back on TC Live, our hot shot of the day. Andy Roddick, take a look at this from Rafa Nadal. There are two things. I love this camera angle because you can really get a sense of how impossible shots like this are. The no-look flicker, I can't explain how hard that shot is. Rafa pumped up there. Unfortunately, not a lot to be pumped about outside of that, but man, that was a hell of a shot. It sure was. Take a look at this. Featured matches tomorrow. The red group in singles in action. Close friends and regular rivals playing each other. These two spectacular matchups. Let's head back to Italy for a preview with Danny and Prakash at the DraftKings Tennis Channel desk. All right, Steve P, the red group in action. 
action on Monday in Torino with three former champions, but two of them are going head-to-head, -head, and no. Novak Djokovic and Stefano Tsitsipas. How do you see this one playing out? Oh, well, first, I think it's going to be an exceptional match. If it's anything like their match in Paris, which I thought was Stefano's best match of the year, I'm expecting very high quality. I just think the surface a little bit quicker than it was in Paris is going to favor Novak. I don't think that finals loss is sitting too well as a taste in his mouth. I'm looking for Djokovic to come out on top. Going to be an electric atmosphere here for Monday's action. Thank you so much. Our Tennis Channel desk is always in the finest spots in every single arena where we put them. Uh, third meeting since the U.S. Open, fourth this year between those two. Djokovic has won them all, Jim. What can Tsitsipas take away, though, from that semifinal in Bears? I mean, he was right there. Yep. Seven, six, and a third. He was knocking on the door. I think, uh, you know, indoor conditions, good serving conditions for Steph, good chance for him to use his all-court ability. And just keep taking your chances. Keep going. Eventually, things will go his way. I, I mean, I look, I think that Novak's certainly still the favorite, but, again, low-bouncing court, get, let it rip. Andy, Novak is technically the seventh seed here in Torino, but he's the only player in the field that has at least a 500 record or better against everyone else. Is he your favorite to take the title? Yeah, I, I was actually just about to say, I don't think we've ever had a number seven seed that's been the favorite in the, the year-end finals, uh, the World Tour finals. And it's it's weird to me that we're at a point now where if Sitsipas runs the table, he could be number one in the world. Yeah. You know, we're, we're kind of we're kind of back to uh, where people can actually take a shot and the number one ranking gets traded off between more than like three people for, you know, two decades. You know, so it is kind of exciting that the, the math would stack up. It would be weird to, I don't, I don't know the last time or if it's ever, maybe Marcelo Rios, the last time we had a male number one who didn't have a grand slam on the resume. But uh, listen, Novak is, is the favorite, I think, in any matchup. Uh, in the tournament. He's so good at the year-end finals. He's got to have more mentally in the tank and physically in the tank than anyone else in the draw by virtue of him not playing much this year. I think he played, you know, maybe 10 events or so coming into this. So uh, I, I like Novak uh, against Sitsipas tomorrow, and I like Novak for the tournament. Yeah, he dominates this matchup against Stefanos, and he's looking for record-tying yep. sixth title at the ATP Finals. Before we go, though, shout-out Ben Shelton, winning his second straight title on a challenger level, beating Chris Eubanks for the second straight week. Shout-out Big Banks as well, getting to those finals. And now Ben Shelton leads that USDA Australian Open wildcard challenge. Yep, and, and what, what's uh, Banks' live ranking right now? Chris Eubanks is at, like, 129, He's and Shelton's at 108. So Ben may get in on his own, which would give the USTA the ability to push that That's down. Right. So we'll see. But, you know, Banks comes out here, crushes it on Tennis Channel as an analyst, yep. crushing it on tour. Great to see for both those guys. And how about, I mean, Ben Shelton, he just graduated or college, or he's leaving college. He, he was just in college winning an NCAA title, Andy, and now he's up to around 100 in the world. Yeah, and I've been getting kind of inside baseball feedback from from his coach or, or person traveling with him anyways, Dean Goldfein. We know uh, his his. Uh, Father Brian Shelton has done a lot of the work uh, coaching up to this point, but the guy can throw it. You know, he's got 140 in his arm, took out Casper Rude, what, three and two in Cincinnati. He can play ball. But what you like to see from top prospects who have kind of made uh, a, a little name for themselves on tour, had a great uh, week in Atlanta, won some matches on tour, is when they go out and handle the business in the fall, win challengers, and made a final of another one. Hopefully, listen, he can set that, that top 100. He ain't going back out of it. <laughs> Absolutely not. And Eubanks texted me the other day something about that water at Tennis Channel. Back-to-back -back finals. <laughs> Keep it up, Chris. Keep it up. Thanks, everybody, for watching TC Live. How about that sweet Swiss redemption? Belinda Bencic leading Switzerland to its first King Cup.